Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled The Cities of the Statue, Part 5. I am Pastor John, welcoming all our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Again, please accept my apology for the mispronunciation of any words. They are found mostly in commentary. Regardless, please accept my apologies. We also want to extend our heartfelt sadness to all those who have acquired coronavirus, or as it is becoming better known as COVID-19. Know that you are being prayed for, for full recovery as well as miraculous blessing and healing. We have an opportunity to miraculously pray for healing. I encourage those of you who are well to actively pray that our God will heal and witness to those who have become infected and now are wrestling with this illness. Last week, in our episode, The Cities of the Statue, Part 4, we continued to learn about Nebuchadnezzar's disturbing dream. It is a portion of that dream we are looking at as it professes a very long time period, the end of which is still very much open, but very much closer to us now. Last week, we saw the meaning of the legs of iron. They are the dragon or the beast. Either is correct, and both are used independently in future scripture, referring to only one entity, the Antichrist. The Western and Eastern world of the day, in old times, is under the reign of the Caesars. That is plural. They ruled the Roman Empire from 146 BC through 395 AD. That is 541 years total. The birth, life, and death of Jesus occurs in this part of the timeline we now call history. Before we start, I have a special tech note. First, thank you all for your patience. I have been working with sound equipment and settings. I still have a few things to work out. Please accept my apologies if the sound has not been what you consider good. I am working hard in between creating and editing episodes for getting ahead on episodes in the event I get sick. Please accept my apologies for any issues not up to my usual standards. The fix is in the works. The question is, just what is the right fix? I have one other option to try, and then I will decide which works best. Again, thank you all for your patience. In this episode, we will look at the feet of iron and clay. 
the dragon, or the beast, and what we previously identified as the Roman Empire revived. There are now ten kings and kingdoms identifying the seven-year period in the book of Revelation. It is identified as the last period of time before Christ returns to earth with his people, his kingdom of everlasting saints. On planet earth, the new world order is in the working state for sure. Remember, the feet are made partly of both iron and clay. Presently, believed to be the revived Roman Empire. We now have fact to back this, which is based in the Bible and the Old Testament of all places. The future time period, however, is still not fully known. The assumption, however, is that time is very close, or a short time from now of which the coronavirus or COVID-19 is a definite part. This week, our main passage continues. We now examine the feet of both iron and clay. The Bible verse reads, Its feet were partly of iron and partly of clay. Daniel chapter 2, verse 33, in part. It reads this way in many translations. Notice, too, there is no clear reference as to how much is iron and how much is clay. It just says, its feet were partly of iron and partly of clay. Is that 50-50 or 60-40 in either form? We do not really know for sure from Scripture and should not presume to know this portion. All we need to know is that the right parts of iron and clay are present in this form. This is where the full point of this study is formed. Further enlightenment is found in Scripture which reads, Then there will be a fourth kingdom, one strong like iron, just like iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And as iron breaks in pieces all of these metals, so it will break in pieces and crush the others. In that you were seeing feet and toes, partly of wet clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Some of the strength of iron will be in it, for you saw iron mixed with wet clay. In that the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, the latter stages of this kingdom will be partly strong and partly fragile. And in that you saw iron mixed with wet clay, so people will be mixed with one another without adhering to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will rise up an everlasting kingdom that will not be destroyed, and a kingdom that will not be left to another people. It will break in pieces and bring about the demise of all these kingdoms, but it will stand forever. Daniel chapter 2, verse 40 through 44. Commentary reads, All nations and kingdoms, 
Hence, Rome has been called the mistress of the world, and its empire in Scripture is called the whole world. Reference Luke chapter 2, verse 1, Revelation chapter 17, verse 18, from the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. These two Bible references give us better clarification. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to register all the empire for taxes. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Commentary says, Caesar Augustus, the first of the Roman emperors, all the world. So the vast Roman Empire was termed, taxed, enrolled, or registered themselves. From Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. The second reference reads, As for the woman you saw, she is the great city that has sovereignty over the kings of the earth. Revelation chapter 17, verse 18. Commentary says, reigns, literally, has kingship over the kings. The harlot cannot be a mere city literally, but is called so in a spiritual sense. Also, the beast cannot represent a spiritual power, but a world power. In this verse, the harlot is presented before us ripe for judgment. The 18th chapter details that judgment. From Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Now, let's read commentary on Daniel chapter 2, verse 41. It reads, the clay in Daniel chapter 2, verse 41, quote, potter's clay, end quote, Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, quote, miry clay, end quote, means, quote, earthenware, end quote, hard but brittle. Compare Psalms chapter 2, verse 9, Revelation chapter 2, verse 27, where the same image is used of the same event. The feet are stable while bearing only direct pressure, but easily broken into pieces by a blow. The iron intermixed, not retarding, but hastening such a result. From Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown Commentary Critical and explanatory on the whole Bible, 1871. The clay, potter's clay, or miry clay, are three ways of describing the same thing. Regardless of what you call it, it is primarily used for making, quote, earthenware, end quote. This is the exact same form of clay used in the feet of this impressively tall in large statue. As I said before, we have some impressive things requiring further understanding. The commentary we have already read is great proof of what I just said. 
The first referenced verse in the commentary we just read is as follows. You will break them with an iron scepter. You will smash them like a potter's jar. Psalms chapter 2 verse 9. Reading that as clay jar is also 100% correct. In better context, it reads, The king says, I will announce the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. This very day I have become your father. Ask me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your personal property. You will break them with an iron scepter. You will smash them like a potter's jar. So now, you kings, do what is wise. You rulers of the earth, submit to correction. Serve the Lord in fear. Repent in terror. Give sincere homage. Otherwise, he will be angry, and you will die because of your behavior when his anger quickly ignites. How blessed are all who take shelter in him. Psalms chapter 2, verses 7 through 12. Now you can see the context. Verse 9 is a part. This speaks in the moment as well as speaking to the future time. Our Revelation chapter 2 passage in this section titled To the Church in Thyatira. It is the fourth of seven total churches called into direct account by God. In one of these churches, no matter where you live, we should be able to find at least one that pertains to ourselves. However, the verse sub-reference of Revelation chapter 2 verse 27 reads, He shall rule them with an iron rod, and like clay jars he will break them to pieces. In my Bible, he will rule them with an iron rod is in bold italic. This means it is a quote from another passage. When we read commentary, it refers us back to Psalms chapter 2 verse 9 when giving meaning and explanation to Revelation chapter 2 verse 27. Commentary on Revelation chapter 2 verse 27 reads, Rule, literally rule as a shepherd. Notice what commentary says right here. Literally rule as a shepherd. Continuing in commentary, in Psalms chapter 2 verse 9, it is, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. The Septuagint pointing the Hebrew word differently, read as revelation here. The English version of Psalms chapter 2 verse 9 is doubtless right as the parallel word, quote, dash in pieces, end quote, proves. But the Spirit, in this case, sanctions the additional thought as true, that the Lord shall mingle mercy to some with judgment on others, beginning by destroying his anti-Christian foes. He shall reign in love over the rest. Christ shall rule them with a scepter of iron. 
to make them capable of being ruled with a scepter of gold. Severity first, that grace may come after. Trench, who thinks we ought to translate scepter for rod, as in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. Shepherd is used in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 3, of hostile rulers. So also in Zechariah chapter 11, verse 16. As severity here is the primary thought, quote, rule as a shepherd, end quote, seems to me to be used thus. He who would have shepherded them with a pastoral rod shall, because of their hardened unbelief, shepherd them with a rod of iron. From Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. That alone gives us much to look at. Notice what Commentary said. Basically, three things in one sentence, as follows. Christ shall rule them with a scepter of iron, comma, to make them capable of being ruled with a scepter of gold, semicolon, severity first, comma, that grace may come after. If that does not sound like the times we are living in now and what has been promised to God's people, I do not know what does. Notice, this passage is an apparent speak for today, then tomorrow. It at least implies that this life will not be the comfy life spoken of by many pastors in the States. I believe this to be supported by, quote, to make them capable of being ruled with a scepter of gold, severity first, then that grace may come after. End quote. While we are saved by grace now, notice the grace of which we are speaking about is a greater grace that comes after. It is very important to note the statue is not struck by the stone cut out as yet. The statue is not even fallen, and we are, at the very least, past the event of God's people being pulled out of this world before revelation turns from warning to judgment and reality. Commentary reads further, Shall they be broken? So one oldest manuscript, Vulgate, Syriac, and Coptic versions read, but two older manuscripts read, quote, As the vessels of a potter are broken to shivers, end quote. A potter's vessel dashed to pieces because of its failing to answer the design of the Maker is the image to depict. God's sovereign power to give reprobates to destruction, not by caprice, 
but in the exercise of His, capital H, His righteous judgment. The saints shall be in Christ victorious, quote, armies, end quote, when He shall inflict the last decisive blow and afterwards shall reign with Him, having by faith, quote, overcome the world, end quote. They shall also rule the world. From Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. First, caprice means an impulsive change of mind, an inclination to change one's mind impulsively, tyrants who rule by caprice, a sudden, unpredictable action or change. From thefreedictionary.com So, with this understanding of caprice, we realize that we are not impulsive mind changers, nor tyrants that rule by caprice, nor do they suddenly or unpredictably change or cause action that is unpredictable. They are precise and knowledgeable people when commentary read, a potter's vessel dashed to pieces because of its failing to answer the design of the maker is the image to depict God's sovereign power to give reprobates to destruction, not by caprice, but in the exercise of his righteous judgment. Whoa! Now it should be much more clear to understand. Remember commentary said, Christ shall rule them with a scepter of iron, comma, to make them capable of being ruled with a scepter of gold, semicolon, severity first, comma, that grace may come after, end quote. These three things are very important to understand. It opens with, Christ shall rule them with a scepter of iron, comma. Why? To make them capable of being ruled with a scepter of gold, semicolon. Really? Who are these people? Why must they suffer severity first so that grace may come after? Severity under the rule of a scepter of iron in order, quote, to make them capable of being ruled with a scepter of gold, end quote. The implication here is that under the scepter of iron, we are taught and we learn. Under the scepter of gold, we are now knowledgeable, capable, and now can execute that which we have learned. For if we are in this life to only live a happy, expectant form of living, then why do we experience what we consider negative aspects of living? 
Why do we experience such things as coronavirus, or COVID-19 as some call it? I will be doing a special episode on this after our last episode in this series ending next week. So, notice what Commentary said, so that grace may come after. After what? Given the markers made by two scepters, one of iron and one of gold, we are talking about two different and separate times, or two different and separate people types, or maybe, as the toes display, a bit of both. This would be a presumptive future interpretation of the vision. Notice as well, commentary says, his feet part of iron and part of clay, or some of them of iron and some of them of clay, that is, the ten toes of the feet, which represent the ten kingdoms the Western Empire was divided into, some of which were potent, others weak, for this cannot be understood of the same feet and toes being a mixture composed partly of one and partly of the other, since iron and clay will not mix together and will not agree with the form of expression. Jerome interprets this part of the vision of the image to the same sense who lived about the time when it was fulfilling, for in his days was the eruption of the barbarous nations into the empire who often speaks of them in his writings, and of the Roman Empire being in a weak and ruinous condition on the account of them. His comment in this text is this, quote, The fourth kingdom, which clearly belongs to the Romans, is the iron that breaks and subdues all things, but his feet and toes are partly iron and partly clay, which is mostly manifestly verified at this time. For as in the beginning, nothing was stronger and harder than the Roman Empire. So in the end of things, nothing weaker when both in civil wars and against diverse nations, we stand in need of the help of other barbarous people, end quote. And whereas he had been blamed for giving this sense of the passage, he vindicates himself elsewhere by saying, if in the exposition of the image and the difference of its feet and toes, I interpret the iron and clay of the Roman kingdom, which the scripture foreshows should be first and then weak. Let them not impute it to me, but to the prophet. For so we must not flatter princes, as that the truth of the holy scriptures should be neglected, nor is the general disputation of one person an injury, that is, of any great moment to the government. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the entire Bible. Notice what commentary first stated. 
some of them of iron and some of them of clay, that is, the ten toes of the feet, which represent the ten kingdoms of the Western Empire was divided into, some of which were potent, others weak. For this cannot be understood of the same feet and toes being a mixture composed partly of one and partly of the other, since iron and clay will not mix together and will not agree with the form of expression. Remember, this ten-kingdom empire was drawn out in Europe given the United States of America did not exist even at the time of Jesus' life. It is thus well understood why America must relinquish or lose its present global dominance in the world as it presently possesses. To many, this may seem to be wrong thinking, but prophecy does very much go this way. Many well-known pastors have spoken on this fact being true. This issue is worthy of its own study sometime in the future. So remember, originally, in the Old Testament, we are speaking of a time far in the future, at the time the Old Testament was very much in present-day life. Now, not so distant anymore. Not the lifestyle we presently live, either. Speaking of Jerome, his commentary comments continue as he said, The fourth kingdom, which clearly belongs to the Romans, is the iron that breaks and subdues all things. But his feet and toes are partly iron and partly clay, which is manifestly verified at this time. For as in the beginning, nothing was stronger and harder than the Roman Empire. So in the end of things, nothing weaker. When both in civil wars and against diverse nations, we stand in need of the help of other barbarous people. So, where does that leave us in summary? At the very least, we will regress back into the Roman Empire form of government, which will look much different today than it did originally. While much has changed and is far different today, much has also not changed. That mingling of time and culture is where the new world order of things will rise. Next week, we will review these five teachings. We will put it all together for a final result that should set in clarity just what it is we have been talking about these last five weeks. Our series is titled, The Cities of the Statue. Next week, we will examine our sixth and final episode. So, if you can, listen to us next week. Play or download next week's episode titled, The Cities of the Statue, Part 6, 
from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. Please remember, we are praying for you. We wish any and all who are sick with the coronavirus, or COVID-19 as many call it, that our great and powerful God heals you. Whether you are sick or not, we wish all our listeners well and perfect God-given health. Whether sick or not, may you all be blessed of God in ways you can not only see, but in ways that will give you testimony of His greatness and power. Amen. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. That site is site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.com site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase, Church of the un, insert dash symbol, churched. To find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, All linked episodes to iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, 
www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched. Thank you.